Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to Sports Day. Coons, this bobs up every single summer, and that is the workload of bowlers around the country in the constant push and pull between international duty and domestic cricket. And so it was with Scott Boland who was not allowed to play for the Melbourne Stars last night, seven days before. He's barely an outside chance, to be honest, even to play for Australia in Perth. And earlier this week, the Prime Minister's eleven bowled 116 overs in the first innings against Pakistan. But Cam Green, who is an Australian bowler, albeit an all-rounder, sent down precisely zero due to management regulations. Before we get our next guest on, this was Simon O'Donnell speaking on SEN Breakfast yesterday morning. Every aspect of cricket is being weakened by these guys being constantly rested see, under medical advice. Now, at some stage, we've got to find a happy medium here because it, it, it's just not good enough. And this is a classic example. Scotty Boland is, is paid to bowl a cricket ball. He's being asked to bowl four, four overs, 24 deliveries maximum, field for another 16 overs, um, or be subbed out and you know sit down if need be. It seems ridiculous to me that he cannot make the choice to go and do that. That someone is saying to him, no, you won't do that because of this risk factor, that risk factor, well, and possibly overloading. Because I, 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 there are too many examples of this going too far. Okay, let's dive into this with fast bowling coach and the guru behind the hugely popular social media account, The Rocket Factory, Simon O'Brien. Sob, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks very much, Tommy. Thanks for having me. Good to speak to you. Now, the, the question that we probably should start with, broadly speaking, do you think cricket is too governed by sports science and strength and, strength and conditioning experts on, the, on these matters? Look, I think it poses that question of the old versus the new. You've got the old school guys, you know, you say Simon O'Donnell just there coming out and saying, you know, we, we need to be bowling more, we need to be doing this. But then th- there is a lot of data, there is a lot of information that's come through. So I do think to a degree, um, you know, particularly in the bowling case, that we're being dictated by a guy who knows his body really well. So, you know, do you trust the player or do you trust the, the statistics? Can you take us through some of the data and statistics then, um, Simon, that go into making a decision that you know ultimately affects the player, but it also affects teams, big bash franchises, and then international cricket from that? So what are some of the things that you look at when it comes to the bowling loads? So it'll be a combination of things. So look, professional players, they wake up in the morning, they've got an app on their phone. Um, they'll enter in how they feel. That plays into it. So how do you wake up? Is your, is your body sore? Is your body stiff? Um, do you have any sort of previous injuries um, that you're managing, you're working your way back from? Then the, the big one that it really is, is around the workload. And workload comes down to, I guess, that, that magic number of balls. 
So it's about sort of keeping you in that green zone. Um, and each bowl is very unique. You know, if you're an international player, your workload bowl, balls per week or, or balls per month will be much higher than, say, a 17-year-old kid who plays local cricket. All right, so how many balls should a bowler bowl a week? Give us an international number and a teenage number. Uh, look, I'll, I'll go teenagers up. So, look, we sort of typically look at under-17s. And, and instead of going balls per week, we roughly work around that 100. But it's So we work off a, a days in a row, so how many days in a row you can actually bowl, the number of times a week you'd bowl, and then the total overs in that session. So under-17s, we're sort of working that one day a week. You know, uh, sorry, one day in a row, three times a week, and around about five overs in that spell. Once you get over to under-19s and your body's a bit more developed, um, you sort of go you know, maximum two days in a row. Um, you know, four times a week is probably the maximum number of sessions, and, and six to seven overs. Um, when you get up to an international level... It, because the schedule is so jam-packed, it, it is very much around sort of managing and balancing that. You know, in, in Scotty Boland's case, this is very unique because he hasn't bowled for two and a half weeks. So he's only had nets and, and workloads in the nets. So he probably hasn't got those workloads up, which I can understand why the coaches are coming out and the, the past players are coming out and are pretty disappointed that he isn't playing. So what's the intensity difference then from stemming in the nets and also obviously bowling in a game? As you mentioned, he has only been in the net. So what's, was it, does it vary sort of 20 to 25% to factor into that? Yeah, I'd say, look, 10, 10 to 15%, 25% a, a huge jump. Um, but for that 10 to 15%, you throw in things like, you know, if you're playing in front of 25,000 people at the Gabba and your adrenaline's going or 100,000 at the G, your body just goes to a different place. And I know you probably find the same playing footy, Adam, but um, you probably just can't replicate as much. And, and not just the, the physical side of it, but just that mental side of it as well as having that competitive sharpness and excitement. It, it's good for a player as well to just get that stimulation. How does it work at the top level? I'm not just talking international cricket. I'm also talking domestic cricket or all professional players. If they want to play, can they play? Or is the decision taken out of their hands? Look, I think predominantly it's taken out of their hands. Um, depending on the game and the situation, if a series is on the line, I guarantee you Pat Cummins is playing. His workloads in the last Ashes would have been through the roof and and the same with some of the other guys. And and it would have been a case of, we need to win this series, we're playing. For me, is it a little bit of Cricket Australia coming in and saying, well, Big Bash isn't as important as Test Cricket? But look, yeah, on the flip side, I think it is to, to Cricket Australia for that to be successful. So the best players need to be playing. So if you uh, were the chief decision maker, you would have let Scotty play? Absolutely. Look, he hasn't, hasn't bowled a ball in, in anger for what two, nearly a month, actually. So I think his last game was at the G uh, mid, mid-November. He's been in the nets. He's a 30, what's he, 33 years old. Yep. He knows his body inside and out. If, if Scott Boland was going to put himself at risk of playing test cricket, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't play that game. Yeah, oh, good call. Right, we should get you into Cricket Australia to make some decisions and get these players out there. I love it. Hey, how, do you, how did you get into this field? What's your background in terms of study and how did you actually get to this position? Uh, look, I, I'm just an absolute cricket nothing, a bit like Tom. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've played nearly about 20 years of Premier Cricket. I've been in and around Crew Victoria, the VIS with various academies and things like that. Um, the big thing for me was uh, I spent a lot of my time injured 
and and it's actually quite funny is because I grew up in the country and bowled a truckload of overs every weekend, came to the city and, and then started getting managed a bit and broke down all the time. So maybe there's something in that. But <laughs> yeah. look, yeah, that, that that's sort of, I've built up a lot of knowledge from just being out in the field, being playing, being surrounded by some, some really, really good coaches. I actually have done a lot of work with David Saker. So a lot of my knowledge sort of comes from him and, and it's just really sort of developed from there. My memory, and you might say I'm wrong here, so, but my memory of cricket, let's say 20 years ago, was that players didn't get rested. When they missed, they missed because they were injured. Otherwise, they played. When did this shift occur? A good question. I think it was probably around those sort of mid to late 2000s. Um, there probably was some rotational stuff that happened in the early 2000s, but that was just due to the strength of Cricket Australia. Yeah. But I think it was that sort of mid, mid to late 2000s. The Rocket Factory. Tell us about that. Generally, when I research a guest coming on, I, I just go on Instagram and TikTok to find out what they've been up to and uh, stumbled across the Rocket Factory. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it sort of came out of COVID. I think we, we weren't allowed to catch up. We weren't allowed to uh, go and do bowling sessions. So we started sending each other videos. Um, from there, uh, I started doing a bit of coaching at the St Kilda Career Club boys, and it just sort of grew from that. You you get a couple of boys with some uh, some pretty good wheels bowling bounces. You chuck it on the internet, and all of a sudden, there's you know nearly a million people looking at it. It's sort of crazy to, to put it into perspective. And um, does, do the bowling loads change depending on what gender you are? Do the girls, are they able to bowl more or less? Or how does that, how does that differ? Uh, yeah, definitely just a little bit less. Obviously, um, your girls' bodies are a little bit less robust than, than yep. guys, and that's just genetically how it's made up. Um, you know, they, so there's some fantastic female bowlers out there, but, you know, the durability and absolutely smashing them into the ground is just a little bit different just due to the way that the, the biomechanics are made up of males and females. I'm going to ask you two questions uh, without any notice here. Question number one, who's got the most economical bowling action of all time, the bowler that's least likely to get injured, and who's the best young quick in Australia at the moment? Well, good, really good question. So most economical, less likely to get injured. Because I was going to start with Spencer Johnson as... Well, he probably covers both. Yeah. yeah. Spencer, Spencer sort of trots in, looks absolutely magical, but he's put together with sticky tape. Um, <laughs> he, he, he has had a few hammy injuries, which is a bit of a worry. But for me, he's so exciting. He bowls proper, proper gas. I'd love to see him sort of sneak in for one of the tests if they, if they do rest Stark. Um, actually, someone who's got a really economical and um, efficient bowling action that is done really well in the, the CA11, uh, which is Jordan Buckingham. Uh, really, really impressive. Um, the stuff he's doing with South Australia is exceptional. And he, he's a very wiry, uh, wiry type. But, yeah, really, really durable, beautiful action, very uncomplicated. Is it still the just your regulation soft tissue injuries that are most common to fast bowlers now, your hammies, calves, all those sorts of things? Or uh, obviously the stress fractures are the ones you need to worry about the most. And, and I guess shoulders would be up there too over time. Yeah, absolutely. The way that fast bowling is, is you use pretty much every single muscle or joint in your body. Um, so it, it, you can't sort of pinpoint something. You know, your ankles, your knees, your hips, your back, uh, you're probably your key ones in terms of the joint injuries. And then as you get older, because of, the, I guess, the force going through the body, the, the, the calves and hammies, and, um, and then your intercostals and side muscles are the ones that usually go. So I really appreciate your time. Check out the Rocket Factory on TikTok and Instagram. And uh, I'll see you again soon. And good luck tomorrow playing for the Saints. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Simon O'Brien, bowling workload expert, coach, and uh, chief guru of the Rocket Factory, which you can find on TikTok and Instagram. That's where all your fast bowling, fast bowling needs can be researched.